but our past experiences corrupt the subconscious mind. And so part of our journey in transformation is really about undoing the corruption. And this is an active process, right? So God's going to show you the stuff and then you're going to have to do it. Then how are you going to shift the subconscious mind? Like how you how are you planning to do that? How are you going to reformat it so that, you know, now it sends out the beacon, safe people come, protected people come. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like anything, like it's consistent self-talk to yourself, right? Yes. Um, letting you know that, although my biggest, my biggest point is like not to let fear do anything, but I guess that statement, I'm thinking about it right as you say it now, it's like, that is fear, girl. So we need to get or mindset, we need to reword or wording, right? To cast out that fear. And only God can help me with that. So it's self-talk with me and my God. Right. And the coming into agreement is such a powerful thing, right? Um, I've said it before, guys, that it's an important book for you to read. It's called The Power of the subconscious mind and you know it's it's this book and it talks about the subconscious mind really being kind of like the operating system in our bodies our minds and our spirit and so whatever you tell the subconscious it creates it does not judge right from wrong dark from light it simply does what you put into it so if you put fear into it it creates a pathway to fear If you put love, light, goodness, holiness, patience, kindness, peace, all of that wonderful stuff into it, and you say, this is my existence, this is where I am, then it creates the pathway so that you only encounter these things. But our past experiences corrupt the subconscious mind. And so part of our journey in transformation is really about undoing the corruption. And this is an active process right? So God's going to show you the stuff and then you're going to have to do it, you know, and those things that you're shown are really the triggers in the everyday moments. So let me ask you this question. As you think about your family and and you think about the beautiful man that is the father of these lovely children that you have and, you know, the ways in which Um, fathers impact their families and even the mindsets of their children like what's the part that you think your husband needs to play in all of this and in fact what all black fathers uh, the part that all black fathers need to to play in in like actually helping their kids just have that calm peaceful restful place I feel like um the exact same thing that I said before is it's all about the whole communication, letting your children feel safe, right? That no matter what they do, they can only come to you and um, they can only, sorry, they can come to you. Um, With my husband, um, he is easy to speak to. Like he's very um, laid back, right? He might look a little like, because he's very he's a very like disciplined person so but he you can always go and talk to him and um I feel that um with him he's very Mm open-minded um which is what we we need to understand I I know 
for him, he realized that we're raising our children in 2022, right? He was brought up in the 90s, the 2000s, right? So things are different. Children have access to different information. And for him, I know he continues to grow. He continues to expand his mind so that like when he speaks to our son, (laughs) it's mostly the 10 year old, but you know, (laughs) when he speaks to our son, he is able to get to his level. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's important. He, he did not speaking to our son from 1980. He's speaking to him at this point where he's at. And I think that's what we need to do. Um, A lot of parents, and this is from my own experience, is like, when I was in Jamaica, but we're not in Jamaica. We're not in Jamaica. We're in Canada. And that was back in 1969. And now we're in 2022. So look at what is going on around. What is your child being exposed to? And even though you may have been a better person, now look at your parents and look at, you as the parent. So, you know, um, I think um, parent where you are, don't parent where you used to be. Beautiful. I love that, right? Because we're always kind of living in the past, right? Unless we have forgiven things and consciously made the decision that okay, I'm, I'm just going to learn from that experience and, and I'm going to use that experience to now lift off and head into the, head into the future in this really wonderful way. Yes. So, you know, one of the things that I, you know, is just always sitting on my heart is the nurturing spirit of the Black man, right? And, and oftentimes we don't assign the label of nurturer to the man, Mm-hmm. And yet, I believe that unless we allow the black man to know that he is actually the nurturer in the family, you know, uh, that something altogether different from what should be happening will happen. And when I say nurturer, you know, like we're the ones who birth and we're the ones who produce, but he's the one who catches, you know, and he's the one who lifts up and he's the one who holds and coddles. And he's the one who can playfully, you know, stir in us certain places and certain beliefs about ourselves and especially a sense of belonging. So I always imagine the black man with a child on his shoulder, you know, and me looking on and just admiring his ability to be gentle and to just support and, you know, hold uh, that baby. And, and, and then me being able to go off and do other things because I trust him completely in his strength and I trust him completely in his ability to, to care and, and to do all the things that this child would need. But oftentimes we're sent these messages, you know, from society that that is not actually the role, right? And so it it might then cause our men to become very uncomfortable with that kind of position and even us to become uncomfortable with that position. So when I paint that image, like, how does it sit with you? Uh, you Like my my household, in my household, we have zero gender roles, right? Um, I remember in the beginning when we first had our son, individuals would ask like, is my husband's name is Will. 
is he a good father? And I was like, let's just say he only thing he doesn't do is breastfeed. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But if he could, he He would. would. (laughs) Yeah. Like my husband does everything. He cooks, he cleans, he does everything. He changed the diapers. The, our son poop was the first poop. He was the one who changed it. Right. Poop on him. (laughs) Although he was grossed out, he was still there to change another diaper another time. Um, yeah, in our family, that what you describe is exactly it. Again, zero gender roles. It's not because he's a guy. He cannot do that. Um, my little son loves to hug and kiss, and he hugs and he kisses his dad. I know that other fathers are just kind of like, boys don't kiss. We don't teach that because boys need to learn from their tiny babies that it's okay to cry, it's okay to show love, it's okay to show affection. And um, with our sons, my son, my oldest doesn't really like um, kisses and that stuff. He only likes hugs. So that's what my husband gives to him. Like we try not to, we try to give each child what they require, what they need, yes. what they want. Yes, right? beautiful, powerful. 